got another edition of Talking Preps OT. And I mean, we just keep, you know, turning them out with great guests. And today we've switched it up a little bit. I'm normally in the guru seat. And I've got a special guest playing Grice today. And again, we've got Gary Richmond here. So Gary, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, great to be here. Glad to get the season underway. Oh, yeah. And I think with Gary Richmond here, I guess you guys can probably figure out where our guest is coming from. But we'll bring him in, Coach Montez Lash, the AD for Julius Chambers High School. Coach Lash, thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're on mute. I think can't hear you. Yeah. Good morning. Thank you all there for you having go. me this there morning. I appreciate the opportunity to come speak with you. Of course. And, you know, we always start with our guests by first, you know, asking the process and the journey it took to get where you are. So, you know, give us a quick synopsis of you know where you came from, your history and how you got to your position. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's a long story, <laughs> but a great grind. It was uh, lots of blessings along the way. But um, I started coaching Little League, uh, sort of similar to you, Grace. Uh, that's kind of where I started. Um, that's where I began molding uh, my coaching calling. It was pretty much one of those things. Once I started, it was like I knew this is what I want to do with my life. Um, and since that point, you know, I've kind of just grinded, figured out a way to get into CMS because um, I was living in Charlotte. So uh, I finally got into CMS in 2015 um, and I was coaching at Mountain Island Charter as the offensive coordinator. I uh, helped start that varsity program with uh, Coach Robert Washington. Um, I was also coaching track as well. I had started as a volunteer coach with uh, Coach Willoughby, who is now the uh, head coach at Mallet Creek. He was pretty much the guy that gave me my first like real coaching job. So uh, since then, man, it's just been a grind. I, I've been blessed to work with some really good head coaches, Robert being one of them. Uh, I did spend a year at Providence High School as the OC under uh, Coach Brad Bowles, who I, I still think to this day is arguably one of the best head coaches ever to be in North Carolina. Um, dude does a phenomenal job with culture and uh, team building. A lot of things I've learned, I, I kind of stole from him in that one year uh, with him. Um, he left for South Carolina, got a great job. Um, and then ultimately, that's how I landed at Vance. Coach Richardson kind of came and stole me and gave me like one of those lifetime opportunities, obviously, with a great team um, that we were walking into, you know, after the brand era. Um, and we've just been grinding since then, man. Um, you know, unfortunately, he did leave us last year, Mr. Richardson. But he got a great job at, at South Point. So um, I was fortunate to kind of work under him the last three years. And uh, when the spot came open, everybody was pretty much like, Lash is going to be our guy. Like, <laughs> uh, he's going to keep the train rolling. So, you know, I was blessed to be able to step into that athletic director role. And I've just been trying to embrace that and just grow from there, man. Try to continue building a great brand for our school now instead of just uh, football. <clears throat> Definitely. And, and, you know, following up with that, you know, I, we talk about coaches and the usual path, I guess it takes, and I, you know, your path was definitely unique and specifically on the education side. Could you kind of go in a little bit into your educational background and how you think that prepared you for your ultimate step of, of becoming an athletic director? Uh, to be honest, it, it really did kind of come full circle. Um, I went to school for business. I majored in marketing um, originally. Um, I've owned my own business a couple times over and once I began coaching, that's really what brought me into the school system because that was going to be the only way I could provide for my family um, and be able to coach full time. So, you know, I had to become a teacher. So I started off um, as a business teacher. Um, but one thing, you know, I always share a unique story. You know, I, I've had my degree for a while, but 
I think it took me about 150 jobs over like a two year period that I applied um, for with CMS before I finally got in. And when I got in, it happened to be at a career fair. Um, principal interviewed me um, and I was able to get a job. So, you know, I had to really stay the course and trust God. Um, you know, I still keep record of those 150 jobs I applied for, along with some of the coaching ones um, that I didn't get as well. Um, but since then, like, you know, I, I just grind, man. And God's kind of blessed me with some great opportunities along the way. And I think, you know, my background in business, you see more of that now um, in my role over the last couple of years as far as the marketing, the branding, um, and, and the things I've done as a business owner more so than the educational side. I love teaching. I'm a great teacher. But I've taught a, a variety of classes. So, you know, my background educationally couldn't have really prepared me for that. Um, you know, I just happen to be, you know, a quick learner and kind of, you know, get a hold of some of those things. Um, and now more so from a business standpoint, you're seeing kind of what I went to school for. Who's one of the, who's one of the schools that you applied coaching jobs for last? Give us one. Give us one. I, I know one, of them <laughs> one of the schools that is going to realize that they did not hire coach last into their program. I know you have them on a board posted up somewhere. We know you've got it on your list. It's like, I remember you didn't I, hire me as you shake their hand after you're victorious. You give us you one? I, I'll, I'll give you one because we won't play them. I'll give you one. Um, and that was Stuart Kramer. Ah, um, uh, yeah. As, as an assistant coach. Uh, the, the head coach wanted, wanted to hire me, um, but ultimately came down like to like the principal and the board, whoever it was at that time. Um, but we'll never play them, so I, I can leak that name. It's okay. I, I won't. I won't leak anybody else. They already think I'm petty enough. Like, <laughs> I get you in trouble. I just, I, I do you give me at least one. No, it was great. But, you know, we were kind of talking in the back and giving the viewers a, a little bit of a, a window there. And just, you know, even someone who's known you for as long as I have, I did not realize that you had the two master's degrees and were in, you know, in school in California. Talk a little bit about your time in Oakland and just, you know, maybe how that shaped your, your view a little bit different. I mean, we know, you know, clearly you're unique from your presence and just the way you think about things in a, in a very positive way. But just give us, you know, a, a window into that time in, in, in California and how that kind of shaped you going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I took a chance um, on myself, just trying to invest in, in myself uh, from an educational standpoint um, and, and just wanting to experience something. Um, that couple years or two and a half years was very unique, but it, it was helpful. Um, as I said, kind of behind the scenes, Oakland culture is diff just different, man. And as a black man, it's arguably one of the best places you could live and kind of just fit in um, because everyone's going to look like you pretty much for the most part everywhere, everywhere you go. Um, so I was able to, you know, experience our culture um, in a different setting, be able to see successful black men you know, all the way down to, you know, the, the homeless situation that they have going on that's been a crisis for, you know, 10 plus years. Um, but, you know, that time, if I'm bringing that full circle back to now and my time at Chambers, you know, I'm blessed to work around kids, admin, teachers that look like me. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's something that I enjoy as far as pouring into our kids and then and having a, a support team around me that looks like me. Um, but that time out there kind of helped, you know, shape and help me understand the value of, you know, us supporting each other. <clears throat> Good morning, Coach. How you doing today? 
What's up, Mr. Gary Richmond? How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I almost wanted to start laughing when you said uh, you had applied uh, over 150 times to CMS. They got about 500 openings right now. <laughs> and I think anybody can get a job in CMS right now. Yeah, well, we had that shortage when I was applying in, in 2013 to 2015. But, but I promise you, I could probably pull up that screenshot right now. I got record of it. I promise. <laughs> I know that. When you said 150 times, I was like, God, what, what were they looking for back then? Because right now, they're looking for breathing bodies. <laughs> if you can breathe and you can get there on time, you're hired. Um, so that, that kind of made me laugh when, when you said that. But I guess we're in different time periods now. You said one of your degrees was in marketing, and, and that made me think about uh, you are known for and very good at promoting Chambers Athletics. Uh, the hype videos on Twitter and Facebook and other forms of social media really attract a, a, a lot of attention. Um, is that a, a, a way to promote Chambers? Or what, is, what is the purpose of that, first of all? So the... For me, the main purpose, right, and I, I started this a while ago, you know, social media just really kind of blew up as far as athletics. Um, you know, I wasn't the first coach promoting their program. You know, I just had a, a vision that I kind of worked on behind the scenes for our program. And some of the things, you know, I borrowed from a lot of college programs. But to answer your question, the purpose is, is really to give our kids an experience that they're going to remember 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Um, you know, I always talk about the idea, like our era of coaches, you know, we can't really go back to the, the high school vaults and pull those pictures and videos. We ain't have it. You know, a lot of us, our coaches was exchanging tapes, VHS or DVD. Um, you know, if you had pictures that came from the newspaper. So, you know, I'm trying to provide a unique experience for our kids that they can remember forever. That, that's number one. But two, you know, I tried to create a lane for our program that's going to bring value and attention to it where we don't have the resources that a lot of other schools have. So, you know, when I first came on, we, we, we had a small booster club. Um, so, you know, we're not going to have an abundance of money. So my marketing savvy was, hey, how can we create a brand that makes uh, makes sponsors or uh, companies want to come in and support us versus, oh, my son Johnny's on the team or, you know, I, I graduated from there. So I'm just dumping money into the school. We have, we haven't really had that. So for me, it's about creating a brand that makes companies want to support us and get behind what we're doing and rally behind our teams, you know, moving to athletic director, you know, it shifted now from just football and track because those are my primary sports to now I'm trying to recreate that for all of my sports. Um, my principal always talks about, you know, and this is the third part to your question, he always talks about being the school of choice um, for the Charlotte area. And as the athletic director, my job is to help promote Chambers High School to be a school of choice. Um, and for, for me, that's from an athletic side. You know, I want parents and kids to know exactly what they're stepping into when they're looking for a school or looking for a home school or, you know, they move into the to Charlotte area. I want them to feel comfortable knowing that their kid is going to have a great experience um, and they're going to be successful with within any of our athletic programs.
Coach, um, I can relate to you stepping away from being a coach, not to being an AD, but just stepping away from being a being a coach. And it can, it can be kind of tough. I did it a couple of times in my own career, and it kept pulling me back. It kept pulling me back. Um, how is it as an AD not being uh, in those coaches' meetings, game planning, uh, practice, study hall. Bryce got, Bryce uh, got me rolling right now. Listen to the time from parents. <laughs> How has that transition been from from what you used to do as a coach as opposed to what you have to do as an AD? So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a transparent person. I'll shoot it to you straight, you know, 100% of the time. It has been a struggle. Um, you know, I'm a ball coach. I love coaching ball. I love especially at Chambers, you know, I fell in love really with coaching, being here and our kids. So stepping away, you know, last year I was able to kind of finish out the season and kind of take on AD duties as interim until the season was over. But this year being 100% away from um, coaching ball, it is tough, man. The kids miss me. They tell me all the time, you know, what I did for my own kind of sanity is like just step back you know, from being at practice every day um, and just trusting our coaches. You know, I'm, I'm really close with Coach Wiggins. Um, he and I attended the same high school, so we come from the same coaching tree. Um, and then, obviously, uh, our offensive coordinator, Donald Littlejohn, that's my best friend. You know, me and him talk regularly. So, you know, I have to really trust the guys that's, that's in place to take this program to the next place and not, you know, be in my own feelings about just missing coaching ball. It's tough, though. Um, you, you miss it. You miss the meetings. You miss the prep. You miss just hanging around with the kids in the locker room. Um, but I'm still able to build those bonds and those relationships, you know, just from an AD standpoint. You know, the kids still know I have an open door policy. So, you know, they spend a lot of time in my office. You know, I still know about all the personal things going on with all of our kids. Um, so I, I just give it to them in a different light, just from not from a coaching role, but just more so from a now I'm even more so a fatherly, you know, perspective, just because I'm over all the sports now. <clears throat> and also, Coach, you know, we talked about you having to step away, and, and I know it's tough when when you don't get to be around the kids on a daily basis. Um, do you think CMS should go back to allowing ADs to coach? When I when I was coming up through CMS, most of the ADs were also the head football coach. And if it wasn't a head football coach, maybe the head basketball coach. And, and I think there were people that thought not so much that they had too much on their plate, but they funnel so much of the money towards their own programs. And, it, uh, you know, the other coaches from other sports might complain, how come we don't get it? The football team gets it or the basketball team gets it. Well, I always thought regardless, uh, those two sports are going to get the majority of the money because they bring in a majority of the income. But um, what are your thoughts about CMS ADs being allowed to coach? It's still done in a lot of uh, school systems around North Carolina. seems like the major ones, you know, Wake, uh, CMS, they have gone away from ADs being allowed to coach. 
so I'm, I'm kind of I'm on both sides of that fence. Um, now that I'm kind that I'm on the athletic director side, um, from a logistical standpoint, from a responsibility standpoint, from just a daily daily must in, in terms of your task and things that you're um, tasked to do from a from a director standpoint, it is a lot. And you know, although I think it would be great, it would be a lot on your plate um, to handle. Like, I, I think, is it possible? Very much so. Um, but I think it would, it, it still would probably vary school by school because, you know, the resources that's available, the support that's available, um, you know, or even just the coaches that you have around you. You know, if you're the AD and the head football coach, you still have to be cognizant of the coaches in your other sports. So, you know, you have young coaches, you're doing a lot of mentoring. If you have first year, second year coaches, you know, you're doing a lot of growing and teaching as far as grooming them as a head coach. You know, if, if we're talking about the other side of that coin and I have coaches that can run their programs and don't really need my support, well, that frees me up to be able to be a, a coach and an AD. Um, so I, I think it would be on a case-by-case -case basis. You know, I can make an argument for either side. Um, ultimately, I think if North Carolina is going to keep up with the other states, they're going to have to look at, you know, restructuring some things, whether that's, you know, increasing coaching pay or increasing athletic director pay. Um, because as we know, we lose, you know, a ton of coaches every year to other jobs in, in other states, you know, to go do exactly what we're doing here for, you know, a fraction of the pay. Uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm not even going to say I'm hoping. I trust um in erica turner and steve robinson they've already made waves in terms of just the support for athletic directors and the coaches and what they're trying to bring to cms so you know i don't have any doubt you know in this moment that they're not trying to fight to make us competitive with these other states so that we're not losing you know good teachers good coaches good athletic directors yeah i, I had a talk with both of them the other night at the game and one of the things I brought up to him that you, you just said way me into is coaches pay. And I've always had a problem here in CMS that a first year coach can make the same amount as a 25 year veteran or an assistant coach who coaches 10 games. They don't make the playoffs versus a, a, a coach that goes to the state championship like your guys. So they're working an extra five weeks with no pay. They've already been paid uh, at the end of the regular season. And one of the solutions I've talked to people about is allowing the, you know, so much of coaches pay comes from, from downtown. Okay. So allow when, allow the um, the AD and principal to sit down and decide where that money should go as far as coaching salaries. Because it's no way a first-year coach should make as much as a head coach who's, who or, or a 30-year coach or a 25-year coach. That's just not right, especially when you have coaches that consistently make in their staffs consistently make the playoffs and they're not getting compensated for it. So do you have any ideas as to how CMS uh, could better pay their coaches? Well, we I mean, at the present moment, 
you know, we have different committees set up as far as our athletic directors in CMS. And I know this has been a big topic of conversation. Um, I don't serve on that particular committee, but I know that they are working behind the scenes to, to talk about restructuring the pay, um, talk about the years of service or years of coaching um, as far and as well as like postseason. So these are things that, you know, they're trying to develop a, a structured plan that could be presented to the Board of Education uh, for those changes. Like I said, you know, I have no doubt that our current, you know, county athletic director isn't on our side. Um, she's been working diligently to, you know, make a lot of changes and, and for the greater. I don't mean just, you know, the bad stuff that a lot of people are just talking about. You know, she's working behind the scenes with, you know, the sponsors and the things that were that's been done already in CMS, i.e. Uh, flag football. Um, so, you know, I'm trusting in that that they're already trying to restructure that because they see it. You know, I mean, we can pull up a dozen articles right now, North Carolina coaches leaving and they're making over six figures to do half the job they're doing in CMS or, you know, they moved to Georgia, um, you know, or, you know, we go north and, you know, Virginia pays their coaches, you know, through the postseason and the stipends are higher even in smaller counties. So, you know, it's all about presenting it the right way. Um, and that requires the research, that requires the planning, that requires putting putting that stuff together on paper. Because, you know, if you're going to take anything to CMS, you got to, you got to have it laid out. <laughs> um, who, who, is, who would it be who would it be presented to? Is it to the board or the superintendent? Um, well, I mean, the superintendent serves as part of the board of education for CMS. So ultimately, it still has to go through their desk. Um, but it's going to be presented to, you know, same board directors that hold your school board meetings. Um, and then ultimately, I think he can make the decision, yay or nay. I might, I might take up that cause. <laughs> I, I know how to cause trouble. I might yeah, take up that calls. You got Gary ranting again. That's all I know. We're on, we're on chain of talk. But let's, let's, let's switch it up a little bit. You know, one of the things that you know we gotta address on here is is the chamber swag. You know, I think everybody talked from you know the the transfer, the switch to from the brand era, kind of to the new you know Ferb Wiggins, you know Lash era here. And I think one of the biggest things we've seen is that change in style. You know, the social media. You guys have a dedicated videographer. I mean, even you guys corrupted Coach Wiggins. I see him, you know, getting in his Omega Man, you know, steps like right after the win. I mean, I've never, I've been on staff this time, never seen it. So again, that's that style. What makes it so infectious, and what you know, kind of is that that direction, that thought process for you guys around creating that? Man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, and I say this all the time. Um, actually, you know, I text our videographer this morning, and I tell I tell him that. People forget that football is a game. It's meant to be fun at the end of the day. You know, as Gary alluded to, whether we go to four straight championships or we win zero games, as coaches, we're all going to make the same amount of money. So that should have no bearing on the fun in the game. Um, in turn, we're just allowing our kids to be themselves, man. Like, if you're not allowing them to have fun, what are we really coaching for? Um, and, and that's what we've embraced with our school. You know, yes, we sit down and we talk about some things that's acceptable or unacceptable. You know, are we still representing chambers as far as a brand as, in terms of the school? Um, you know, being, being sportsman-like, 
um, the discipline things, you know, these are conversations we still have surrounding those things. But what makes it infectious is that at the end of the day, who doesn't want to have fun? Like, if you're doing what you love, and, and that's from a coaching standpoint or from a child standpoint in terms of playing the game, who doesn't want to have fun? And we're allowing our kids to embrace that opportunity to have fun, to be themselves, to, to cut loose, you know, but do it from a respectable standpoint. Coach, Coach Lash would be the petty one. You guys enjoy the game, you know. <laughs> Miami had the same swag, you know. When, when I think about the U and the brand that they created, it, it was it was a nasty, violent brand on the football field. It was swag, and they were winning. And but people wanted them to lose too. Every single every single night that they suited up. So you know we've just embraced that. But it's not going to stop us from allowing our kids to have fun, because it's not about the championships or the rings. It's about the experience. They're only going to get four years of high school one time. So when they leave our school, I want them to have the memories that they can look 10, 20 years from now and talk to their kid about. They can still pull those social media videos and, you know, look look what we were doing. You know, we talk about that as coaches all the time. We get in there playing scout team, you know, we're, we're running the triple option or, you know, we're trying to be that uh, scout team. Look, we're reliving that stuff that we wish we could go pull up and, and show them. So, you know, it's just creating a unique opportunity that that's going to live with them forever, man. No, I, I agree completely. I, one of my favorite quotes is from, you know, Pusha T, how can I not enjoy life on reliving my childhood? I feel like that's kind of the quote I always live by with coaching and bringing that energy to the sport. Um, but one question kind of following up from that, do you guys feel that you're unfairly portrayed? I mean, you know, I know the style and the swag, it comes with a cost. I mean, you know, comparing, I'm glad you compared it to the U, I think watching your state championship victory against Roseville reminded me of some of those Miami, you know, U teams, tons of talent. You guys absolutely destroyed and dominated Roseville, but it was a penalty fest. I mean, you know, really watching that game and, and, and it, it just seemed the game was bogged down. We knew the inevitable was going to occur, but it just seemed like it was a lot of attention paid to your swag. And again, within the confines of the field of play, flags were, were being thrown as a result of that. So do you feel that it's unfair and kind of how does that style play with the refs in your opinion? Uh, I mean, I think when you kind of take on that, I, I don't want to say bad boy because I don't really look at us as like the bad boys of football. Um, but, you know, we are kind of looked at as like that villain. But I think a lot of that comes from, you know, just our following on social media and teams and coaches, you know, not buying into social media for their programs. Um, but in turn, from a from a, a ref standpoint, a penalty standpoint, honestly, you know, some a lot of calls are warranted. Um, and, and those that are not, we tag them and we send them in um, so that they can get better. You know, I do understand as a coach that, you know, we are short on refs and you got a lot of new refs coming into um, the positions. So there's going to be questionable calls. I mean, that's every night. Um, but we can't use that as an excuse to not play our brand of football. You know, for every missed call, I can pull up a call that we shouldn't have, you know, why are we having to coach that, you know, <laughs> or why are we having to correct this? This is day one mistakes. So I think it's going to be, you know, two sides to that coin. Um, but, you know, I try not never try to throw the refs under the bus because, you know, I know how hard of a job they have. Um, it's just always my hope that there's not a bias there and that, you know, they see the bigger picture in terms of our kids just 
enjoying the game and having fun. Um, you know, in my role now, I, I'll take on that responsibility in terms of addressing, you know, your missed calls or maybe, you know, your judgment of the team and stuff. So, you know, to some people, if they have a bias bone in their body, you know, that's probably going to show up. But that's not our responsibility. Um, you know, in talking to uh, someone last night, you know, one thing they said, you know, our game went on for almost three and a half hours last night. So, you know, a lot of a lot of calls in that game. But, you know, one thing that he said to me that stuck out is these kids, you know, some of them have been to two and three state championships. You know, some of them have been down in three or four games that, you know, everybody counted us out. So we've already been through more adversity over the last few years than we're ever going to really see as it pertains to referees. So we can't use those as excuses, you know, but our kids mentally are already battle tested. You know, so they expect, you know, some of the calls. We play violent. You know, we play fast. We play physical, as our coach AT would say, uh, to the point of attack. So you're going to get some of that, you know, backlash. And I'm okay with that. As, as long as we're pr- playing our brand of football, as long as we're representing Chambers as a school um, in a positive light and respecting, you know, where our principal is trying to take our school, you know, we can deal with the other stuff, you know, behind behind closed doors. Well, Coach, you you understand how you are perceived, and that's that's half the battle in dealing with it. But my question is, as I follow Twitter and other social media, I see a lot of coaches that are going back and forth at each other. And I'm just referring to CMS coaches about what their kids are going to do or what they're going to do and that type of thing. And now you have coaches kind of writing checks that their kids have to have to cash. And we, we had an incident in, I think it was uh, Texas about a week ago where the coaches got in a beef and over some officials calls, but the opposing coaches got into it. And, you know, one of the coaches wound up dead. Do you ever worry that this, uh, this mentality of, you know, adults carrying the swag for the kids is, is is getting a little bit out of control. I mean, I've seen it a couple of times in CMS where coaches got to be separated before the game because they've been talking junk all week, you know, on social media as well. So I'm, I'm going to answer that in two parts, Gary, because I want to I want to make sure I, you know, give my full my full perspective, you know, first off, condolences to that coach, you know, that situation was, was a tragedy. And I think about my time just as being a youth league coach, and that really could have just been any of us. So for it to get to that point, you know, does bring cause to concern that we can't ignore. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, you know, I talk about now, or even as a coach sometimes about the banter, you know, on social media, um, as far as coaches going back and forth, um, and, and I'm okay with a little chirp by coaches. Um, you know, I never encourage coaches to go back and forth with kids. That's an absolute no-no for us. Um, but I'm okay with a little bit of coaches' banter because at the end of the day, this is a violent game that we play. Um, you know, you're going to have rivals. You're going to have intense games. As long as it's done, you know, to where it doesn't get out of hand, I can live with it a little bit. 
Um, I think when it becomes to the point that disrespect is involved, um, we're acting out of character, you know, we're not, we're not representing our school brand um, to where we would be okay. Like if our principal or our boss seen that, then I think that's where the, where you kind of draw the line. Um, you know, myself, I'm even guilty of that. So I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm not. Um, when it comes to our chamber's brand, you know, the kids know that I'm going to ride for them as it pertains to our, our football brand and what we built. Um, so there's going to be banter. There's going to, you know, in an intense rivalry, you know, like maybe say us and a Mallet Creek, you have to expect that there's going to be some talk. There's going to be some chirp between the coaches and the kids. Um, and I think that's okay. You've seen that football for as long as it's been around. I think you just have to draw the line as admin and coaches um, to where we don't have to worry about scenarios that, that took place like in, in Texas. So, you know, do it within the confines of the game. Um, do it from a, a respectable standpoint. Um, and then just draw the line to where, you know, this can get out of hand. Okay. Fine, Sarah. Uh, you know, Coach Lass, we appreciate you being here, you know, on with us. You know, one question I want to ask that normally the guru is the one to ask this one, but, you know, there always is going to come a time, you know, even where you put your whistle, whistle down, even if you may pick it up like Gary and that you're going to put it back down eventually, there's a time where you'll, you know, you'll ultimately retire. You know, we know, and again, you really illustrated through this you know, interview how multifaceted you are. What would you like your legacy to be? And just how do you want to be remembered when your time is done? Man, it, that's simple for me. I always want to be remembered by the amount of kids we got in the school for free. Um, that, that's where I feel like God has really blessed me um, in terms of, you know, just the recruiting aspect and getting our young boys to college. Um, when I think back to my high school career, my head coach, uh, Tony McKee, one thing he cared about was how many kids am I sending to college? You know, that that was kind of like his staple. We wasn't we wasn't going to win a lot of championships there. You know, we competed. We were going to make the playoffs. So it wasn't all about the wins and losses. And for me, it's the same thing. Man. Every year I'm trying to count how many kids are we sent to school. I don't care what level it's at. I don't care what sport it is. How many kids am I sending to school for free? And when, when I look back, that's what I want to be able to say, hey, I had 200, 300 kids you know, sent to college, not all, you know, at the hand of, you know, Coach Lash, because, you know, it takes a whole village. But as far as my legacy, I, I want them to say, hey, this man spent tireless hours, you know, making sure that my son could get to school for free. Well, Coach, I'm going to tell you, that is very rewarding. Uh, as somebody who's done it probably twice as long as, as you have, the, the best feeling in the world is when they come back and tell you that they appreciate all you did for them. And they will, trust me. They will come back and they'll let you know the impact you had on their lives. For sure. I agree. Definitely. Well, Coach, you know, appreciate having you on. Again, this was another great Talking Preps OT interview. You've got the old, the retired coach. I feel like we keep trying to get him out of retirement. But thank you uh, to Gary Richmond again, joining us here for this special edition of Talking Preps OT. Uh, but again, thank you, everybody, and look for another great interview next week. Mm -hmm.